ancient alchemists wanted to turn your lead into gold. Well, the modern technology alchemist wants to turn your gold into leads. Which ones can do it? Today on the podcast. Welcome to the Founders Place Podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. Now here's your host, Todd Wills. Todd Wills. Hello, welcome to the podcast. The tech stack, 7,000 companies vying for your attention. What was just a few hundred or a few years ago is now ballooned into a gorilla of 7,000 different organizations trying to vie for your attention. How do you make sense of it all? Who does what? Who actually does it? How do they do it? Who's right for you? Who's right for the other guy? Today, we're going to bring in Anand Thacker. He's the CEO and founder of Intellify. He actually worked with Scott Brinker on the MarTech 5000 landscape. This guy lives and breathes the tech stack. Let me say that again. He lives and breathes the tech stack. You've got questions? Well, hopefully, we've got some answers. Sit back, take a listen as we talk tech stack. Which one's right for you? How to make sense of it all? Today on the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Again, super excited to have our next guest, Anid. Uh, we are going to talk tech. We're going to talk tech about founders. We're going to walk founders through what the tech stack looks like. And if this idea of tech stack is making you nervous and weak in the knees, Anid's going to help us out. So Anid, tell us why you're fantastic and why the heck are you here? Todd, it's great to, great to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today that we're sharing with everybody. Uh, so I am the CEO of Intellify, and what we've been doing lately is helping growth leaders make smarter decisions uh, using AI data and incorporating that as a way to enable those decision-making paradigms. Um, I operate primarily in the marketing technology industry. If you've ever seen the Scott Brinker landscape as an example, uh, I have been collaborating with him on that uh, landscape for the last couple of years, uh, moving that from the slide all the way into uh, the data and research behind it. So literally we're talking about 7,000 companies uh, that we look into every year and uh, provide some guidance and insights on what's going on in the space and certainly how we can actually read the tea leaves to help uh, help the marketers and growth leaders figure out how to navigate the space. So if, uh, if you've piqued our listeners' interest with the landscape, how do they go find that? If they go to chiefmartech.com, uh, they can find a post that's usually, I think it's pinned uh, at the top. If not, if you do a Google search for MarTech 5000, uh, we've kind of deemed it from the first year we started working together. It will show up. It is once you see it, even though you don't know the name of it, it is one of the most <laughs> prolific graphics that's being used uh, to illustrate the uh, the robustness of the space. Let's put it that way. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So uh, let's let's just start like right at the beginning. We want to establish a baseline. We don't want to leave anybody behind. So let's just walk through with the definition of tell us what is the Martech stack. Like let's just start there. Yeah. So the idea of the MarTech stack is, you know, I, I like to just start with, let's say it's not just marketing, right? We want to talk about how do we engage with a customer using digital means. Um, most people are familiar with email. Most people are familiar with social media. Uh, there are other pieces to that stack to help you help a company or help an organization or leaders manage those relationships, manage their brand and perspectives, and also be able to find a way to navigate the right buyers to your, uh, to your company. 
Okay, perfect. So you mentioned a couple of things there. Let's um, let's give some examples, right? We don't have to cover everything within the possibility of the MarTech stack, but talk about some of the major categories, just so a founder can get their head around, all right, what is this exactly? What does this look like? Absolutely. Some of the earlier ones will probably start off with email marketing. It's usually one of the most simplest, uh, easiest places to start. Um, you know, for instance, MailChimp or HubSpot or a couple of examples, Constant Contact. Uh, you know, those are usually good places to continue to, uh, to try to develop that relationship. Uh, another piece of the stack is uh, the CRM or the customer relationship management solution. Uh, it's interesting that it's actually more of a sales tool, tool uh, that's becoming more of your centerpiece of your platform. There is the category of marketing automation. Uh, if you uh, So CRM side of things, you've probably heard of uh, Salesforce, um, Dynamics from Microsoft. Uh, also, uh, there's been other players that come out of the market. Then there's marketing automation. Uh, if you've heard of HubSpot, Marketo, these, these types of platforms generally allow marketing teams to collaborate on their campaigns uh, and be able to manage and track and analyze how those uh, campaigns are performing. Perfect. Okay. So, Let's, uh, again, we'll walk founders through sort of this, this litany, right? Let's say you're this early stage founder. You've had this great idea in a Starbucks. Um, you're, you're just starting to get off the ground and running. And you found your company, your CEO, you're listed on LinkedIn, and all of a sudden vendors start coming out of the woodwork, right? You've got companies coming out at you, and they're bringing these great solutions to you, telling you that they can do all these amazing things for you but you're a founder, this isn't your area of expertise. Start walking through, how does a founder start thinking about this? What things do they start really needing at those earliest stages? Where do they start pushing this stuff off and, and who can help them along this journey? Sure, uh, those are all great questions. So one part of the stack I completely uh, missed out was your website. So a content <laughs> management solution, you gotta, oh, that, yeah, you gotta have a place. Yeah, that's something, just, that's something a little minor, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, there is a, I guess it's just so, uh, it's completely you know, table stakes at this point, but whether you feel like you're going to be uh, primarily operating in the digital world or if even if you aren't, uh, everyone, there's 90, 90 to 95% of research uh, or upfront is done on the internet. So uh, having a good website, uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be up there. Uh, it doesn't have to be pretty, but it has to be easy to use and simple in terms of what it communicates about who you are and what problem you're solving. Um, one of the things after looking at 7,000 companies is even many of these professional organizations uh, who operate in selling to marketers still have a challenge in trying to tell people what they do. How do they help you? How do they help their customers? And if you can be very particular about that, uh, that's the great narrative that you want to put online. Um, so that's one of the first places to do that. If you're looking, there's certainly great, uh, if you're truly, truly starting off, um, you know, a lot of the domain providers have, uh, like GoDaddy, for instance, when you're buying a domain, there are some extra services in order to, you know, set up your website. They do have tools behind them. Uh, there's other companies like Wix that uh, can give you some really quick way of being able to uh, up, you know, get a website up and running without actually knowing any code. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I try to tell people who are not necessarily technology oriented or technology oriented is, you know, let's try to find technologies where you don't have to necessarily learn. We're at this stage now. You don't have to learn HTML. You don't have to know all these uh, coding backgrounds anymore, at least not to just get up and running. 
So just kind of, you can work on some of those aspects of it. And then of course, being able to engage with your community. We talked about email marketing, uh, MailChimp always comes top to mind. Uh, you know, there's certainly others that are constant contact. There's others that are part of a larger platform, but just focus on something that just makes it easy for you to construct a, a nice email that in a way to manage the people that you're trying to communicate with. And I think the third kind of piece of that was um, another part of the stack, as you can tell, I could probably, there, there's probably such an expansion of this, uh, you know, something where you just kind of hop on social media. Uh, you don't have to be like a rock star, like Gary Vaynerchuk day one, uh, but it's useful to have a, a, a platform in one of these channels. Just pick one and just focus on a message that you want to tell people about. And the reason to get onto social media is not necessarily to become famous or, you know, have all this great content out there. Uh, one of the first steps is really to just get engaged. Use it as a way to listen to what's being said, how it's being said, and how you can uh, engage in that conversation. Uh, and those are important things, but it really all comes down to understanding what are you trying to solve for your clients? What's that sense of purpose you have in the world? And sharing that and articulating that. Regardless of the, the technology is not going to tell you how to do that. You figure that out and let that technology help you, uh, you know, sort of articulate that message to the world. All right. So let's see if I can recap that a little bit. So, you know, think about your website, go get a URL, um, find something that exemplifies who you are, your brand, what you want to be, or your company name, if you can secure that. Uh, go build a website, use some of these tools that are available. You mentioned Wix and there's a few others. Um, uh, take the KISS approach, keep it simple, stupid, nice mm -hmm. and easy, get something up. doesn't have to be fabulous, but just get something going. Use one of your MailChimp constant contacts, something to come in and create a series of emails so that you can communicate with your customer. And then, you know, start getting online and social. Again, don't think about becoming famous. Uh, you know, you're not going to become a Kardashian. What you want to do is create some great, meaningful content, but use this as a way to have that dialogue, hear more about what your customers are saying, doing, interested in, and use that feedback to get your company moving. Absolutely. Does that sounds well, like a good recap? Perfect recap. Absolutely. Well, good. Then we can end. That's, that's, <laughs> we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We've solved it. We've solved it. Oh, no, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another part to that, right, Todd, that you talked about, you know, who, when, what kind of people do you need help? Like, or who can help you? Or when do you know you need to go get help? Um, you know, th there's, there's a lot of services or microservices and, uh, you know, opportunities for you to hire people ad hoc to do things. But again, it comes from, you could go to Upwork, for instance, to get, hire someone to help you with your website or maybe get you set up on some email programs. You could go to 99designs to get your logo designed or maybe your website, you know, look and feel done. Um, you know, if it's not something you're good at, certainly outsource it, but do make a little bit of an investment in, again, figuring out who you are and what problem you're solving and how you, you know, who your target market is. If you don't get that done, you can't articulate that to people. They can't understand it. It won't, the output of their work won't be aligned with what you're trying to accomplish. Well, and it's one of the things we talk quite a bit about in the book is this, you know, ready, fire, aim approach mm -hmm. that everyone's in a hurry to start moving because it feels good, right? And it feel like it's the right thing to do. But if you don't have some of these baselines established, you don't have an identity, you don't know who you are. And I'm not talking about a brand identity. I'm talking about your own company identity, who you are and what you're trying to do. You'll go off and create logos, websites, whole experiences that won't reflect what you're trying to do. You're going to have to rip those out later 
and that's going to become really costly. Right. Right. You know, Seth Godin once said, you know, you, you don't really need more time. You just need to decide. And really the fundamental thing for that, the fundamental context of that is just go do. Right. I mean, you know, we live in a digital world. As long as you're not doing something, uh, you know, really just horrible, um, <laughs> no one's going to fault you for just having a couple of false starts. Uh, yeah. No one's going to have a problem with you, you know, being imperfect. No one's going to have a problem with you. Uh, no one's going to judge you based on, you know, some of the, the, the false, uh, st- the missteps that you might have or errors. The fact that you're trying and you're being authentic about it is, is what people are looking for nowadays. Well, and I'll, I'll use an example. There was a, a, a company that I was working with that I really like, respect, great foundation, great team, and they've got a good sense of what they're doing. They've dramatically changed their website three times in the last 15 months. <laughs> and, and every time was for the better because they had a better sense of who they were and what they were trying to do in the marketplace. So I see that evolution. I've also seen companies that have changed their website three times in 12 months because they don't know what they're doing. So it changed with the purpose is good change for the sake of change. Probably not. That's, that's well said. And yeah, we, we don't need to worry about uh, if it feels right, you're feeling the pain behind it. You'll know when the change needs to happen. Um, And maybe we'll end up talking a little bit about that here or uh, afterwards. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, so let's keep this moving. I like where this is going. So, um, Okay, so now let's start digging into some of the, you know, the, the bad boys of your tech stack. Like, let's start thinking about your CRM solutions, because this is one that it causes a lot, of, a lot of headache, a lot of frustration, and a lot of angst, because you're kind of picking a horse, and you're going to go with it, mm-hmm. right? It's hard once you start down a path to rip and replace, especially as you start thinking about your CRM solution. So help a founder who's thinking about this and going, okay, great. I can do the website. It's, it's somewhat disposable. I can shift and change. CRM is a little bit more of an investment. I'm going to pick something and I'm going to ride it for a while. How do they start thinking about this? What goes through their head? How, how do you educate and help them? You know, one of the first things we look at or we talk about is where, what kind of processes do you currently have with your company uh, as an organization? Do you have a sales team? How robust is that sales team in terms of their processes? Uh, you know, what's your marketing team look like? Do you have an in-house one? Do you, are you outsourcing that? Um, how are you managing opportunities, uh, generally speaking? And when you talk about that aspect of it, the money and trace it back, uh, understanding those steps that you take to get to that point is the perfect roadmap in terms of what you need, what kind of investment you need to make, and when it's okay to say, here's our expiration date with this uh, CRM solution, let's either upgrade or transition. Um, so one of the first things we'll end up talking about is, do you have a salesperson? Are you the salesperson? If you are, then it's okay that you don't have the perfect stack right away. Just have a place for you to keep track of your engagements with your customers, uh, a place where you can see the feedback from them, and then being able to collaborate internally. So if it's two people that you're collaborating with, you don't need a very robust CRM solution, uh, or even one at all. And I know that's very daring to say that, but (laughs) technology in the beginning isn't going to necessarily bring in deals. It's going to be you going out there, you and your team, you know, making that effort happen. I remember one of my first, one of the companies, uh, I, I, this is going to be my sixth venture and one of the company, every one of my companies that I've started, I've, I've not had a website for about six months. 
and I was just simply focused on talking to people, connecting with people, help understanding. It sounded like Todd, one of your the, uh, the companies of the website you knew they switched, you know, in 15 months, three times. They were out there, you know, talking and hearing and listening and transition and, and understanding how to uh, develop that pipeline. So when you have that pipeline and you understand what that process looks like, then you can go and research your CRM solutions and then figure out, all right, how much, uh, what is, how robust is my CRM's, uh, uh, excuse me, my uh, opportunities? Uh, what's the sales cycle length look like? Who do I need to collaborate internally or with perhaps with some partners on these particular opportunities? And what do I want to capture to measure for success? How do I use that analytics or that monitoring to dialogue with my team uh, in, in the quickest, most effective, efficient way possible? Um, defining those metrics and then being able to make sure that everyone's on the same page about that. So that sounds very vague, but actually it's very helpful because if you don't know yourself and you don't know how you're operating, you can't really go buy a technology or at least have the intelligent conversation with those sales reps that are all knocking at your door trying to sell you one uh, to see whether it's going to be a good fit or not. Uh, and it's, and the last thing I'd like to share is that it's okay to, especially in the first couple of years of your existence to throw away your CRM system if you start growing. Uh, pick something. A lot of the vendors have a good long tail in terms of the plans they have. Uh, but if you find that, um, that the technology is just limiting on how you operate, uh, it's okay to, to, to kind of go ahead and, and switch over. But it's got to be an extreme pain to do so. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be churning or thrashing, as I like to call it, just trying to shove technology in for the sake of, you know, because you think it'll solve your problem. And that's part of the reason why we have 6,000, 7,000 companies out there. They're all trying to solve a very specific problem. Don't get caught up in the, uh, the weeds of those things. It's okay to have pain points in your process. Make sure the main parts of your uh, uh, processes are captured in the technology so that you've got momentum moving forward. Well, and, you know, you touched on a, a pretty rebellious uh, idea there, and that was around this idea of, um, you know, really trusting yourself and knowing who you are and not having to rely on technology out of the gate. I think there's a lot of belief of, I've got to have the technology solution, I've got to have this solved, I've got to have this resolved early on. And, and I think what you're saying is, hey, early on, you can actually go in and just rely on yourself to manage this. As long as you're having those good conversations, you've got a place to capture it you don't need sophisticated. Uh, that's true. And, you know, part of the reason for that is I have, a, I, I tell people that technology only magnifies the people processes and data behind them. So if you don't, if you haven't figured that out uh, about how you do things, your technology is only going to magnify that even the smartest of technologies. And this is a separate conversation for a separate day about AI, even within AI, it's going to reflect your organization and how it operates, the culture there, everything. So until you get that set up, I take this, I want people to take this, you know, sort of rough stance of just try to figure yourself out before you start implementing this technology. Now there's certain cases, here's my exception to the rule. And, you know, maybe this is where the lawyer comes in and talks about the really fast and uh, footnotes in it. But if your product is digital, yeah, you're going to need some technology, right? If you, there are some technology pieces that it's, that you need to have to operate. Like you need an email, you need a website, you need to do a few of these things. But uh, what's in, what the point here is don't focus and be all consumed by the fact that you need the right technology, the perfect one. 
don't worry about that. If you're whether you're a services company, a product company, or even within an enterprise who is forming a new uh, revenue stream, just simply the, the, the movement and the momentum is important and the right momentum and the discovery, the customer discovery is important. So let that be the driver early on. Okay, so give that quote again about technology, people, and processes because that's that's perfect. Yeah, technology magnifies the only magnifies the people, processes, and data behind them. Uh, and and really, what it comes down to is if you're doing really well and you're very authentic, you are handling things really well on paper or Excel or you know whatever the you know, other everyday technologies that are available to you. If you're doing it well with that. Uh, then yeah, technology will help magnify that. If you're doing things poorly from the beginning, guess what? Technology is not going to navigate that for you. Yes, there are some wizards. There are some other things that uh, give you sort of some best practices, but the best practices don't say go use this technology in this way. It says do this in this, you know, do these five steps or take these different approaches or here's your mindset. And then by the way, here's how the technology will support and enable that for you. So even the technology vendors want, the good ones want you to be good at what you're doing before you start implementing their technology. And quite frankly, you know, they're really interested in keeping you there for a long time. So they want to be the, they want to help you, or at least the good ones really do want to help you be better at what you're doing and making sure that the technology is enabling to you. All right. So I'm going to ask our listeners to take that last minute, put it on a loop and listen to that over and over and over and over again, primarily because I think that's so key, right? Understanding that, um, again, if you're snapping into technology and then you're building your processes after, right, you're going to get lackluster results. But as you were saying, if you can build that established baseline, you build some processes and you know who you are and what your goals are, the technology can then support that. But I think a lot of founders fall into the steps of doing it the other way around, little chicken before the egg, and it, it starts to cause some issues. Yeah, another, I guess one other point, Todd, is I, a common thing that I see a lot, and I've worked with thousands of founders and entrepreneurs, and uh, I can now say thousands because I know I've uh, kind of gotten past that threshold, but the, they'll take a copy-paste method to doing it, right? Here's, well, this other founder I admire, they do these things. Uh, I should just go ahead and buy all that or set this all up and whatnot. Um, I'd be very, I tell people to be very careful in doing that because lots of times the, maybe the marketers or the entrepreneurs, the leaders that you're admiring or following or using to get guidance from, they're at a different stage of life. I mean, that's probably why you admire them. That's probably why you uh, are following them or you're getting their advice. Um, so be very careful when you do that. That's why I think it's very introspective. I believe in a more introspective view of figuring out who you are, what you do, and uh, how well how you do it. But to apply that technology, uh, get those recommendations, be inspired by how they use that technology, how they got to that journey to get there. Um, but uh, don't too too much of this copy paste of technology stacks into your own. Um, it, it has never worked for enterprises. It doesn't work for startups. It's not going to work for you. Okay. So we've got that as a baseline. Now let's, let's leapfrog a little bit. I'm going to throw a highly technical term out here, right? Um, let's start thinking about the cool advanced shit. That's right. It's highly technical term, cool advanced shit. The, the amazing stuff, right? This is the stuff that you're seeing on covers of magazines. We're all talking about, uh, robots taking over the planet, AI and intelligent learning, um, nanotechnology, virtual reality, right? All that cool stuff. So 
start helping us and founders walk through, hey, I'm hearing about all this great stuff. There's something new. There's always something new on the horizon. It looks really cool. It promises great things for me. I, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do mm-hmm. I start thinking about some of these new new advancements in tech that are supposed to make my new business, my new venture amazing? The first best thing to do is ask why. You know, not, not because it's hot, everybody's talking about it, everybody clicks on it, everybody reads it, everybody shares it, but why is that technology so prolific or why is it actually helping people or how is it doing that? Um, but, but why is it such a game-changing piece? I, I think we, there's not a lot of that conversation about why AI, for instance, or machine learning is going to eliminate sales jobs, uh, apparently, or, <laughs> or change the way that we will do customer experience. There's a layer that's one level deep to that. And if you are a founder, a leader, uh, you need to see how that really applies to you and then investigate further. Ask other people, how are they doing it? Why, why, did this, why was this a game changer for you? And I think that gives you a better perspective of what makes sense, how to filter through all the noise. You know, if you, you're going to see articles, you want to stay involved, you want to stay aware. I don't, I don't, you know, prescribe you to put your head in the sand and just focus on your business. Uh, ask Blockbuster. But if you, what you want to do is be aware of what's going on and understand why that change is happening, why that technology is uh, being talked about, and then how will it help? Uh, how did it help these, these other organizations in terms of using Watson to do whatever? Or why did they, uh, you know, why did this uh, organization decide to use uh, uh, AI to help them with intent analysis? So asking the, the how and the, the why and the how uh, gives you at least now your own, you're, you're um, armed with your own perspective in the world, uh, being able to navigate those conversations. So that's part of the first thing that I would suggest, uh, you know, a lot of founders do. Um, and then once you get into it, it's okay to play. And, and, and I use the term play, meaning, you know, it's, it's, it's always cool to play with cool technologies, but find a reason, a purposeful reason why you would do so and go and try it. Right. And I call that play. And, you know, until you, you could read about it all day long, but until you have a, a, a meaningful way of building or engaging or interacting with something, uh, that that's hot and cool or, or CAS, right. As, as it's, I'm trying to add another acronym into the world based on cool ass shit, but, uh, you know, it's, um, which I love the term by the way, uh, you know, play with it. Like then you'll really, it'll really internalize how interesting it is or how amazing it is. And you could also find out all the people that are full of crap too, uh, that are talking about it because now you've at least experienced it a little bit. Um, and, uh, so, uh, you know, some of the everyday examples, let's talk about AI, uh, for instance, I just wrote this piece uh, in the MarTech Advisor about using everyday apps as a way to understand. And, and you know, there's a company called Nudge, uh, Nudge.ai, and they help you build relationships. If you're a good networker or even if you're a business person who's a terrible networker, uh, you know, the opportunity of unlocking the potential and knowing about how to harness the relation, not harness, but not only harness, but also manage the relationships in a meaningful way. Uh, you know, there's some intelligence behind it. Why, how does that work? Is it, you know, right in my face? Is there a weird robot that's talking to me? Uh, you know, if you've heard of uh, another technology that's out there, it's called Crystal Nose. Crystal 
is uh, uses uh, a lot of it borrows from a lot of the uh, psychology HR tools like DISC and Myers Briggs to be able to profile your communications with other people or their communications outward to how you, to help you better understand how to write and articulate in a way that will resonate or reflect on the people that you're trying to reach out to. So if, you know, if you should you use high when you're trying to announce something or not. Um, and then there's like, for instance, a third one was X.AI, which is a smart calendaring tool or, or an agent, right? Try that out. It's, I mean, these things have free solutions to them. See how they impact your business. Understand how the hot two technologies make a difference in your lives. Um, but until you play, until you have that perspective of how this meet, what, how and why this is meaningful to your business, um, it, it will help you get out there and, and make a, figure out what's, what's sensible for what you need to do without wasting your time or uh, energy or money. All right, we're uh, we're launching CAS as an acronym, and we're going to see it. We're going to see <laughs> yes. it trending over the next six months, and it's going to become part of the zeitgeist, the nomenclature of of technologists and marketers around the globe. So I I, I feel it. Love it. Started here. It's been birthed here, and it's going to have a great future. I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's um. Uh, you know these these podcasts go by really fast. Uh. There's only a couple of questions we can ask, but let's let's sort of leave founders with, okay, great. Uh, really good advice, good counsel, good practical advice. Now, help me start thinking about, okay, I'm growing my business. I can't scale and be everything to everybody. I need to start bringing people on board to help me with this. Mm -hmm. I'm not a technologist. So, how do I start finding the right person? What do I ask? What do I look for? Who can help me? How do I think about this on my journey? And I'd love to get your thoughts on, okay, I, I need a lieutenant to come in and manage all this stuff for me. Now what? If you're trying to be frugal, one of the first things to do is to, you know, we talked about being on social media, being active, um, you know, listening to what's going on. You're going to get a lot of good advice and a lot of bad advice <laughs> from it, but at least you're getting some relatively good advice, at least advice from people that you know, or at least that you trust and followed. Uh, so if you're already doing your homework, you're already engaged in the space, you're probably figuring out who really knows what they're talking about, who is very engaged, who really know, knows what's going on in the space and, and what kind of recommendations they've been making. And you could, you know, hopefully you'll get some advice from that as, as a result of it. Um, the next best source is going to be the people around you. Um, so if you, if you do have some of the, if you either have a mentor or you have an advisor or maybe you already have a consultant in some sort of way, that's probably another, uh, you know, good source of what do you need to do next or what do you need to bring in house as a result of that in terms of technology. Um, and if you don't already have someone like that, ask them if they know other people. Uh, if you trust them, you believe in them, then that's a great way of doing it. If you don't know, if you don't have that at your disposal, Go back out to the social network, start asking. You will get every vendor under the sun talking about how great their solution is in some creative way, but you know, listen to the people that are the closest to you or the people that are, have shown success that aren't trying to sell you something. Um, that's usually very beneficial. If you are looking at vendors and they, you want to hear their advice, they, a lot of them do give really good advice. Um, and if one of those resonates with you, go ahead and reach out. Once you make that inquiry out there, you're going to get bombarded anyway. You may already be getting bombarded <laughs> if you have a title of CEO or founder <laughs> or co-founder. Um, you know, marketers were really smart and adept at find, harvesting that information from somewhere anyway. Um, so if, uh, if you've already been engaging in some way, that, that, that's pretty useful. 
Um, but let's say you've grown, let's say you're a more robust organization. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have a consultant who's done this before come in and help you figure out what that stack needs to look like. Um, some of the major vendors, they, they have good partner programs. They can bring, they can recommend partners to come and help you with that. That's not a bad way of going, especially if you've already made some significant investment um, with someone in a technology or um, services fashion. Um, and then, of course, hiring somebody, if you're looking for the hire, you, you're probably at a point where you recognize you've got your processes in place, you're scaling very fast, and you're recognizing that the technology truly is limiting uh, our ability to plug and play more people to go and help you know, with that growth. Uh, and when you're looking for those people, one of the things you want to look for is some level of experience. Uh, you know, they don't have to know everything. They don't have to know all 6,000. There's only like two people in the world that know how to do, like have that kind of wisdom and information and intuition. But you definitely want to see good problem solvers, people who like to play and who have demonstrated some level of success and then ask them about their failures. Like where do they screw up and what lessons they learn about? Um, so that those are kind of the three, the four kind of categories of doing it yourself a little bit, trying to figure out what technologies you need count on trusted advisors, go ahead and either hire a consultant or if you're going to hire someone full time, uh, you know, some things to look for in those particular categories. Awesome. All right. That was, that was, uh, that was fantastic. So last question, this is the thing we can kind of end on. Um, I'd love to hear from you any resources, references, locations you'd want to send people and then your closing thoughts for a founder couple of things maybe that we didn't cover or even some recap points, but you know, last little tidbits you'd want to leave founders and listeners to the program. (laughs) (laughs) You got nothing. This should be the easiest part. (laughs) You left it all out there on the table. You're like, I've I've given my all it's done. (laughs) Uh, So if I were to be selfish, which I, uh, I'm trying to be be better, but uh, I definitely want to be so. So I'm i I've actually started. The irony is the kids cobblers have no shoes. Um, For the longest time, I've really enjoyed elevating a lot of other people um, and helping them with their growth. There's, if over the last year, I've started to kind of uh, speak out there, write out there. If you want to follow me uh, in particular, uh, I've started, I'm starting to write about these particular um, discussion points. So on entalker.com, uh, I'm trying to aggregate as much of the interesting wisdoms out there. If you want to follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, you got the same and Instagram now. Uh, you've got uh, pretty much use my name. You'll search for it. You'll find me. In terms of good research, uh, it, resources I love, uh, I've started to enjoy podcasting. Uh, certainly one of the not good uh, podcasts that are out there that talk about at least B2B or ABM marketing, I would say is Flip My Funnel. Um, we have the Talking Stack where it's a little more news-oriented uh, podcast. Um, there's a podcast which eludes me at the moment. We'll have to fill this in with uh, that is run by the Drift folks. They understand a lot about growth. Uh, in terms of resources online, uh, you, you know, Chief Martech really tries to digest things down to a little more of a, uh, a series of, of posts and articles and thoughts that help. We're, we're like Scott and I, one of the things we like about working together is that we really want to enable everyone else. We care a lot less about our personal brand and we're trying to work on how to, you know, help your leaders and growth leaders, you know, engage in the marketplace. Um, those are a few. Um, 
you know, the last thought that I'd have to say uh, that I'd love to leave for everybody is, you know, be allergic to hype, but respect its power, right? It's one of those things where it's okay to be immersed in the trends that are going on. Uh, it's, it's being comfortable with it, understanding why that's happening is very, and, and understanding why it's so powerful is great, but being able to kind of pull yourself out of that and then understand what your focus your on your, what goals you have and just kind of hammering on that is, is critically important because if you don't figure out what your mission is in terms of what your goals are for the next month, the next week, the next day, and you constantly are distracted because you're trying to follow somebody or do sort of a lookalike thing, you will always fail because your greatest asset is understanding yourself and then understanding how you can actually help other people uh, in the marketplace. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and the other piece is go get a mentor. I'm a big believer in getting a mentor, an advisor, someone that you trust and you don't have to have just one, someone that knows you, someone who also knows your business. Uh, and maybe there's a third one in there for a, a new purpose that, uh, you know, maybe most people haven't thought of for that fill a gap for you, but get one, get help. It doesn't hurt to ask the best people started off by asking a lot of questions and getting a lot of help. That's how they got where they are. No one does it by themselves and don't feel bad. We're all in the same boat with you. Oh, I love that. So the, the concept of mentor, we hear that one a lot, uh, how important it is, how important it is to surround yourself with good people, especially people you can trust. I think it's hard for most people, but it's certainly hard for founders when everyone's looking to them to have all the answers, to feel like that they need to be the ones to ask the questions. So having that great mentor, having that trusted relationship is really key. We've heard that time and time again. Um, I loved your quote about the hype. Similarly, like I loved your earlier quote about the, you know, people and processes and your technology and how those marry. So um, I think there's a couple of spots in here where we're just going to put things on repeat and just listen to those over and over again, because those were so spot on. Um, Ana, this has been great. I know this concept is a is a struggle for a lot of founders. They're hearing everything in the marketplace. They're seeing the hype. They're seeing the excitement. They're reading these great stories about all of these great solutions that can help them. They're trying to get their business up and running and where to start, how to not underinvest but not overinvest, being at the right place at the right time. It's that catching the wave idea. It's really challenging for them. So knowing some resources, hearing how you've approached it, how you've talked to others in the marketplace, getting your advice and feedback, really salient, great stuff, and really to the point. So this has been an absolute pleasure. Loved having you on board. Thank you for spending some time with us today. I know people will definitely enjoy this. So we appreciate your thoughts and insights. Todd, it's been great. And uh, we, we all love our customers. And as long as we keep focusing on that, we will always be successful. So uh, Todd, thanks for uh, having me as a part of this. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing to help everyone, uh, gain clarity and a better sense of understanding so that they can focus on making the world a better place. Awesome. Well, with that, we're going to close out. Thanks again. Have a great one. Well, thank you for listening. It was great hearing Otto talk. He is so smart about this, figuring out ways to wade through all the muck and mire, trying to understand exactly who's out there, who's doing what, and who's doing it well. If you're interested in continuing to follow Anand, and I suggest you do, you can follow him on chiefmartech.com. You can follow him on his Twitter account, and that's Anand Thacker. 
you can follow him on Facebook, and that's Onid.Thacker. And then certainly his company, Intellify. For us, well, if you want to hear more of what we talked about today, you can follow us in the book. That's Beyond Product, now available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Or you can subscribe and listen to us on the website and through the podcast. And that's foundersplace.co. Foundersplace.co, a place where exceptional founders grow. Thanks for listening, and I hope to talk to you again real soon. You've been listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. For past episodes, blogs, and more, visit us at foundersplace.co. That's foundersplace.co. And thanks for listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.